And once again, I want to thank you for joining us today as we celebrate Jesus and as we lean into and seek his face in terms of what we are navigating right now in our world, in our culture. What I love about this season and what is good for us as followers of Christ is that this is not a season to be downcast, to be defeated, to have a mentality of, oh no, the sky is falling. This is actually a season of celebration for the follower of Jesus as we begin to see and watch what Jesus called in the book of Matthew, the signs of the times. He said to watch, to look, to pray. And as we do that, we begin to get a picture that something much bigger is going on than our downturn in the economy or a virus that's, that's called the silent killer, or the silent, uh, the unseen enemy. There's something much larger going on. There's a bigger story going on, and we want to engage that bigger story. Speaking of being a follower of Jesus, I have to tell you that my life has been tremendously and massively impacted by what Jesus did for me on a cross. And today, I want to visit that with you because I have a feeling that there are many people that are watching and engaging us online, maybe for the first time ever. Maybe you've been riding with us for a few weeks, and you're still not sure. You still have not quite taken that step to go all in and to step over the line and to say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be numbered among those who call themselves Christians. And if that's you, I am glad you're watching. I want to invite you to stay with us for the next few minutes. And today, I'm going to issue for you, for you specifically, an invitation to take that first step on the greatest journey of your life that is a journey that not only lasts the rest of your natural lifetime on this planet, but it is for eternity. And here's the good news. It is a free gift that is offered to all. And you're going to see that as we turn our attention to what God is up to. Now, we're talking about this idea of new normals. And today, we're going to talk about this, God's heart for the world. God's heart for the world. God loves this world. God has a heart for this world that is so massive and so big. And we're going to see in Scripture how much He loves the world. A lot of times, and I've been in this scenario myself, a lot of times followers of Jesus find themselves actually disdaining the world. Actually thinking, you know, it's a fallen world, it's broken, it's dark. I mean, get, watch the ID channel for a couple of hours and you'll think the whole sky's falling in and that everybody's a predator because that seems to be the nature of this planet. And yes, it's true, we do live in a fallen world. Things happen, people run stop signs, predators are on this planet, things break, people fall, things happen. And yet, as a follower of Jesus, we have a hope. We have an expectation, a joyful and confident expectation that supersedes the fallenness of this world. We are living toward Eden once again. And I want to invite you to join me. As we do, I want to start right now with a prayer. And this is a prayer that I wrote a few weeks ago as I was leaning into and seeking God in terms of what is going on. I'm posting this every day on our social media. You can go there 
at Bridge Church on Facebook. You can go to my Facebook page. I'm posting that every morning. I'm inviting you to join me in this prayer, and I want to start today with that prayer. Father, we need you. We are desperate for you. We are hungry for you. We humble ourselves before you. Would you heal our land and restore our faith, passion, and desire for you above all things? Would you forgive us for idolatry, distraction, and self-centeredness? Would you give us the grace to seek your kingdom first and your heart above all things? We turn back to you and away from the things that have ruled our hearts apart from you. Would you empower us by your Holy Spirit to share the good news as we go? We love you. We trust you. We believe you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Many years ago, I came to know Jesus Christ as a as an 18-year-old high school student at the very end of my senior year. And then I rolled into that next summer completely undiscipled, completely unequipped for the next season of my life. I started at Texas Tech University right out of high school that very next uh, school year. And I was completely, completely wiped out. I was taken out. And it was because I had not been discipled, I had not found a church, I wasn't connecting with other followers of Jesus, and I was such a baby in Christ that I literally didn't know what the next step was. And that's one of the hardest things as a young follower of Jesus, or a new follower of Christ, is what do I do now? What is the next step for me? And it wasn't until I connected with a, a small college ministry at a Baptist church that I began to get grounded and find some consistency and some hope and begin to be taught from the scriptures just how much God truly loved me. And it was a game changer. Discipleship changed my life. Salvation changed my eternity, but discipleship made me want to become a follower of Jesus that was fully devoted and active and on mission for Christ. I want to visit some scriptures today that actually reveal the heart of God for this world. Because here's the deal. You and I have been called to be harvesters in God's harvest field. We've been talking about, at least here in our church, at Bridge Church, a harvest vision mandate. Another way to look at that is the Great Commission. We are going to look at that this morning. But I want to share this scripture. and It may be very familiar to you. And you can read it with me on the screen. God's heart for the world. John chapter 3 verse 16 says this. For God so disdained the world. Oh, wait a minute. I read that wrong. For God was so mad at the world. No, wait a minute. I still got that wrong. For God so desired to pour his wrath out upon all mankind. Wait a minute. That was another church I was in. Here we go. For God so loved the world. This world that we sometimes get frustrated with, God loves. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice what I highlighted there. Whoever believes. Whoever. I'm so thankful that I am a whoever. Believes in him. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. Eternal life is yours. It's mine if we will but believe 
if we will only believe. Now, I want to encourage you in something because the next verse, we often stop there and stop a little bit short of God's heart and God's love for the world. So I want to look at verse 7, uh, the next verse. Uh, actually, I've got the wrong scripture there. Verse 17. Verse 17, I actually have it right here. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. God loved the world so much, he did not come to condemn. He did not come to destroy. He came and sent his son into the world to save the world. That is why Jesus came, to save you, to come to, on our behalf, save us. Listen to this in regard to God's heart for the world. Verse 9, 2 Peter chapter 3. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your patience. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Isn't that a beautiful passage? God is not willing that any should perish, that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Notice in those verses, everyone, all, whosoever, he is not willing that anyone should perish. God's heart for you and God's heart for me is that we not perish, but that we believe on Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior. We have a relationship with Him. We are born again. We are born from the Spirit, born from above, born anew. And we come to walk with Him and enjoy Him literally forever. That is God's heart for the world that, my friend, is God's heart for you. And I'm talking to you, wherever you are, whoever you are, and you're watching and you're wondering why I landed on this particular broadcast, why I'm watching at this particular time, let me tell you why. It's because God absolutely is crazy about you, loves you, adores you, and wants to have a relationship with you. It's a life changer. It's a game changer. It's a trajectory changer. That is God's heart for you. Now listen to this. As followers of Jesus, now I'm going to address everyone together, especially those of you who have stepped over the line, those of you who are followers of Jesus, you've committed your life, and I want you to listen to this verse, Matthew chapter 28. We call this the Great Commission, or another way to say it is the Apostolic Mandate, the Missional Mandate. Listen to what Jesus says to his disciples. Then the eleven, notice it's not twelve, it's because Judas had not quite been replaced yet, but he had become, uh, you know, he was gone. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw them, or when they saw him, they worshipped him. That means they literally bowed low to the ground. When we see worship in the scripture, it's not just dancing around at an altar. It literally is bowing low. They bowed before him, but some doubted. Interesting. Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, now he makes a statement here that is really our life mission. This is mission priority right here. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Now look in verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I was very intentional in highlighting some of these words, go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to know what that means in the actual language in the Koine Greek. It literally means as you are going, make disciples. And literally, if you read it as it's written, it would say this, as you are going, make or disciple the nations. As you are going, disciple the nations. That's literally what it says. And here's what you do next. You baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And then the third thing you do is this. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. I always talk about Jesus' words in red. And I always say, read the red and pray for the power. Because that is Jesus' words. That is what we are to be saturating ourselves in, learning, studying, understanding, because as we get to know his word, we get to know him. And so we're to go as we go. That means where you work, where you live, and where you play, you are to be carriers of the good news. We use the word gospel, which literally means good news. So whether we say gospel or good news, it's the same thing. We carry the message of hope. We carry the message of Jesus. We carry the message of Christ. Everywhere we go, where we live, where we work, where we play. Here for the last little bit, it's been mostly where we live. And has that not been a test for us all? Amen? But a good test. Because here in our very homes, in our very living rooms, in the houses in which we live, in our kitchens, in our bedrooms, we get to live out the gospel with our family. What a privilege. What a blessing we've been given in this short time. But now as we're beginning to transition and states are beginning to open up, communities are beginning to reopen, even here in our own community of Fredericksburg, I was out yesterday on Main just for a moment to pick up some food for the family, and I was shocked at how many people were out and about. And I have to tell you, there was a semblance of normalcy, and I enjoyed every second of it. And it's good to see that we're beginning to move again. So listen. Where we live, but also where we work and where we play, we are to be carriers of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everywhere we go, as we are going, whether we're playing, working, or just living with our own family and friends, we are to be carriers of the gospel. Now, here's the thing. In order to carry this, and if our commission, our mandate is to, as you go, make disciples of all the nations. That sounds like a pretty tall order. <laughs> That's my job description as a pastor. Can you imagine how I sleep at night? I had to learn that it's not on me, that it is Christ in me, the hope of glory, that actually is going to accomplish this. I'm not. I'm just a guy. I'm just a, I'm just a, an, a guy in an earth suit, but I'm also a carrier of the presence of Jesus. Which means where I live, where I work, and where I play, God has given me, and he's given you, my friend, a sphere of influence. There are people in your life that you have influence over, that you touch, that you impact 
on an ongoing basis. And there'll be people that God brings intentionally as an assignment, people into your life so that you too can, as you are going, make disciples, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to this scripture because the good news is we're not left to do this on our own. So if the call is to make disciples, here's how it's done. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we see that the Holy Spirit has been promised. Jesus talked about this all through the Gospels. He talked about it in terms of the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father was the Spirit of Christ released upon all people who are followers of Jesus. In other words, when Jesus was walking on the planet in the flesh, he was called the Son of Man. He could only be in one place at one time. And it was interesting, at one time he even told his disciples, look, it's good for you that I'm going away. And they didn't want him to leave. They didn't want him to go. They didn't want him to, to be gone. But he said, it's good for you. It's good for you that I go. And it's expedient. And he says this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says this. But you will receive power. Dunamis. The word dunamis is a Greek word that means explosive power. And it literally means, according to the definition, power for working miracles. He says this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. Now he's speaking to that group of disciples at that point in that room, that upper room. And he start, says, you're going to start right where you are. And that's in Jerusalem. That's where they were. What is your Jerusalem? It's where you live. It's where you are. It's where you work. It's where you play. That is your Jerusalem. And look at this. And in all Judea. What was that? That was a larger region. So we're going out in concentric circles. And in Samaria. What's Samaria? Samaria is that, that other neighborhood, that bad neighborhood. See, the Jews saw the Samaritans as less than people. They were the scum of the earth. In fact, they were considered unclean Gentiles, so much so that they would hardly, there was one road that went through Samaria and they would bolt through there or they would literally go around it if possible. They never wanted to come into contact with one of those people. Don't think that you don't have a Samaria in your sphere. Don't think that you don't have a Samaria in your own personal life. And yet we are called to go there and take the gospel. We'll be witnesses for Christ in Jerusalem, Judea, in the other side, that other place, that bad neighborhood, and to the ends of the earth. That is who you, my friend, my brother, my sister, that is who you are called to be. And this is what we are called to do, to be his witnesses. And what does a witness do? <laughs> well, if you watch any kind of criminal TV or law and order, we love those, those kind of shows. In, there's always a witness stand in a court of law. And it's interesting because there are most of the time, 90% of the time, the witness can't just go off and give a speech. In fact, an attorney will tell them to, to, to only, only answer the question. Only answer the question. And if they try to go off track, the judge will quickly bring them back and say, no, 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 only answer the question. Just the question that you're asked. The idea of being a witness for Jesus means that our life is lived at such a level that people are compelled to ask, why are you different? People are compelled to, and they want to know, what 
makes you different? Why is it that while the whole world's losing its mind over a pandemic, you have joy? Why is it that you're not afraid? Why is it that you're not worried? Why is it that you're able to actually have an enjoyment and in, in find joy in the midst of this time when the whole world's losing its mind? How can you? How can you live up in a down world? When somebody asks you a question like that, that is your opportunity to be a witness and to share with them the hope that's inside of you. Jesus, the hope of glory in you and through you. That is Jesus. Listen to this passage out of Acts 4.29. The Holy Spirit had been poured out upon the church and now things are beginning to move and happen. Look what happens when James and John had gone to the temple to pray, they came upon a man who was laid at the beautiful gate, and, and he cried out. He wanted money, wanted alms, and, and they, they said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have we give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And the guy, he thought he was going to get some money. He got legs. I mean, he got totally healed. And look what the scripture says in response, because then the authorities came in and arrested them. The religious rulers came in and arrested them for doing this. By what name are you doing this? And they threatened them. The church gathered, and this is what happened. Now, Lord, this is the church praying. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable. This is the idea that we are enabled to share the good news. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. That's something that's been on my heart all week is that it's time to go bold. We've been timid long enough. The world is under siege right now. The hearts of people is under siege right now. This is not the time to be timid. This is not the time to hold back. And I'm not just talking about turning K-Love up, up on your radio in your cubicle at work. I'm talking about your voice, your life being a literal witness and a testimony of the goodness and the grace of God towards you through his son, Jesus Christ. That you have been enabled to share the good news. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of of your holy servant, Jesus. They prayed with power. They prayed with passion. And they asked to be enabled to speak the word of God, which is the message of Christ, with great boldness. Now, after they prayed, something happened. Look at the result of their prayer. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Now, that's a prayer meeting. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. All filled. Not some. Not, some didn't get more than others. They were all filled with the presence of God. The place was shaken. Why? Because God, because God was in agreement and alignment with that prayer. When you pray the will of God, when you pray the revealed will of God, he comes into alignment and you are in agreement with him. And when you're in agreement with him, God shows up, God moves, God acts. Why? Because it's his will, it's his heart. And in a very real way, when we pray, we're syncing up with heaven, getting in connection with him. Now I want to go back 
where we started. John chapter 3, verse 16. You've been empowered. You've been emboldened. You've been commissioned. Why? Because of God's heart for the world. See, at some point, it doesn't need to be about me anymore. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're watching today, right now, I want to invite you to be honest with yourself and ask yourself this simple question. Am I an authentic follower of Jesus Christ? Am I a Christian? Am I saved? Am I born again? Am I born of the Spirit? Am I born of above? Am I all in? Be honest with that. Because right now, we have an opportunity, maybe the greatest opportunity in our lifetime, to shine bright in a world that's grown dark. We have the greatest opportunity to be the most powerful and compelling witness the world's ever seen. Because we're not going to have our worship diminished. We're not going to have our praise diminished. We're not going to have our passion diminished because of a pandemic. My goodness, if anything, this is where we go harder. This is where we go more. This is where we go stronger because we trust our God. We believe Him and we believe that the harvest is imminent. Greg Lowry just reported a couple of weeks ago through the internet, online, that their ministry there in Southern California at Harvest Church, great ministry, great pastor, that it has grown 250% online. They've reached more people online than they could have ever dreamed or ever thought they would. And that in one week or in two-week period, they saw 31,000 people write into them to say, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and the Lord of my life. I'm I'm a follower of Jesus now. I'm born again. 31,000. And that was several weeks ago. I can't even imagine the number now. These are unprecedented times. This, my friend, is the day of salvation. This, my friend, is your time to come to know Jesus and to step over the line and go all in. You can do that right now. This is your moment. You can start right now. In this very moment, from this moment forward, this will be not only the rest of your life, not only the best of your life, but it will be the rest of your eternity and the best of your eternity right here, right now. You have that opportunity. I'm offering you that choice. I'm giving you that invitation. Would you give your heart to Jesus? If you're sweating, if you're nervous right now, if you feel, oh, wow, that feels heavy, let me tell you something. That is the Holy Spirit of God working on you right now in this moment. Even if you're watching this by playback, it's the same. We believe the Holy Spirit is going to work on playback. No matter what, he is not confined. I want to invite you to step over the line and go all in with Jesus. If you're already a follower of Christ... Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've been in a traditional church all your life and and you've kind of gone through the motions. But you know, you know there's more. And you know there's another level and you feel like you've been stuck. This is your day. This is your moment to get unstuck. 
And I want to invite you to, to engage this prayer as well. And after I pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you to write in at bridgefbg.info at prayer, <laughs> info at bridgefbg.com. Let me say it again, info at bridgefbg.com and let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to send you something to encourage you and to give you your first step. So would you pray with me right now? I'm inviting you right now in real time to pray with me to be born again, to give your heart to Jesus. Would you bow your head? Father, in the name of Jesus, and I want to invite you to pray this with me. In fact, you can repeat it right where you are. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future. Would you save me? I want to be born again. I want to be a follower of Jesus. Come into my life. Would you change me from the inside out? Would you take away all sin and recast it as far from me as from the east to the west? Save me. Heal my heart. Heal my mind. I welcome you into my life. And I give you my life. And Holy Spirit, would you fill me now to full and overflowing? I give you the rest of my life. All that I am, all that I have, and I'll serve you forever. Thank you for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for being with us today and joining us for Bridge Online. We're thrilled for you. We're happy for you because I know many have given their hearts to Jesus today. Do write in. Do let us know because I want to send you something to help you. You can write in at info at bridgefbg.com. Info at bridgefbg.com. We love you. Bless you. And as we close today, I want to encourage you. Step out this week as you go out and as things begin to open up. Know that as you step out, you're carrying the light of Jesus. And it's time to shine bright and it's time to go bold. God bless you. Thank you.